Wednesday, August 2nd. It is good to have you here. Thanks so much for coming back to the Damon Bruce Show exclusively on the Plus. It's wonderful to have you here. Hopefully we'll see you this Saturday at Victory Hall on Rich Street in San Francisco for our first ever Plus meetup, meet and greet. You can sign up on the Eventbrite app right now. It is free to you to come on through. We're going to have a little black and whiskey. We're going to have some fun. The Duchess is going to be there. Some specialty cocktails. It's going to be a good time. We're going to watch a little baseball. And even though I said we were going to be talking about gambling today, and we will be, I do want to start with a little baseball and what happened to 24 Willie Mays Plaza last night. Um, a sexy ending to an otherwise kind of uninspired night of baseball, right? Patrick Bailey with the game ending out after a snap throw down to first to pick off Geraldo Perdomo. Man, that is a long walk back to the visiting clubhouse for Geraldo Perdomo after being tagged out by a snap throw down to first for the final out in the game. A walk-off snap throw from Patrick Bailey, which actually allowed Sean Manaya, who came in to close out a game last night, his first career save. Brandon Crawford, who, let's be totally honest, has spent the entire year pretty much being an automatic out in the Giants lineup. He had a big home run in the sixth inning to center field. Nine hits for the Giants. What a bonanza. It puts them back into the win column over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Good place to be. But I'll tell you, you know, I couldn't help but feel, even as the Giants had a feel-good ending to that game last night, that Farhan just sent you know, the wrong message to that clubhouse. And the message that he sent to the clubhouse is straight up, even though I've hand-selected each and every one of you, I really don't believe in you. And I don't think that that's an exaggeration. I don't think that that is a misinterpretation of how the clubhouse actually needs to feel about what the Giants didn't do at the trade deadline. And I'm not saying give up the farm for a rental piece. I'm not saying, uh, and I don't like the argument that every piece is all of a sudden a rental piece. You can't do more than that. But look, you want to hold on to your crop of highly touted prospects in your own farm system? That's great. There are other prospects that can be combined to get trades done that aren't necessarily your own top prospects. And don't tell me I'm wrong because I just watched team after team after team around Major League Baseball do it. You know, and, and there was another corresponding move that I just didn't understand last night. Luciano gets sent down for a guy who is without a Major League batting average. Without an average, an average of zero is what Diaz brought with him to the Giants last night, and he took an 0 for 3. A.J. Pollock took an 0 for 3 during his Giants debut. That drops his average to 169 on the season. And look, you know, you can say that the Giants— I. I I guess here's the argument. You want to say that the Giants shouldn't have done very much at the deadline— if that's the argument you want to make, you know, all, all right, I guess I'll listen to it. I don't agree with it. But if that's the argument you want to make, I guess my retort would be not adding A.J. Pollock would have been a better move for the Giants than adding A.J. Pollock. Basically, at the trade deadline, the Giants, who are struggling to produce at the plate, decided to add two automatic outs. 
Your team does not become better when you're trading for automatic outs. And with all due respect to A.J. Pollock and the utility guy that they traded for from Seattle, those guys are automatic outs. It's what they are. It's what they've been all year. They were both about to be DFA'd. You know, I mean, there there is not... Not only is there not a lot of there there with the deals that they made, the argument that they're worse with those guys in the clubhouse, in the lineup, I think is easy to make. A.J. Pollock, I believe, other than, you know, Diaz, who's got a 0-0-0 batting average, they added the worst batting average to the team by adding A.J. Pollock to the team. It's not exactly a, an interesting way to go about the, day, the deadline. It's it's weird. It's just, it's weird. The Giants' deadline move was to acquire the worst hitter they've got on the team. Okay. And then you send Luciano down for a guy who literally the next hit he gets will be his first of 2023. You option Luciano back to the minors. Why? I don't understand that. It just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I'll tell you what always makes sense, going to Ike's for lunch. If you're thinking about, I need a little sandwich, get yourself to Ike's. Ike will take care of you no matter what your tastes are, no matter where your sandwich interests lie. Believe me, my man can take care of you. And he's got two brand new sandwiches for Ike Rewards members. This is why you want to be part of the app. This is why you want to sign up. You get points towards free sandwiches in the future and also exclusive access to some of the new sandwiches that he's got to offer. The Arrow, the Florian, which he is billing as the greatest vegetarian sandwich any sandwich shop has ever offered. I'll take his word for it. The Flo the, uh, the, the Arrow is essentially a Wagyu pastrami sandwich. These are premium sandwiches. Go ahead and pick them up at Ike's. I'm going to tell you, get a Damon Bruce, too. It's still delicious. You're going to want me in your mouth. Oh, yes. Uh, so go ahead and take care of yourself at Ike's. Take care of others. Take care of your whole office through Ike's Catering. Check out all the options that you got. Maybe you don't want a lot of options, and what you really want is a cheeseburger. Well, believe me, we got an option for you there as well here on the Plus. Thanks so much to Uncle Boys for being a great sponsor. A San Francisco original and the inner Richmond, you get yourself a delicious, reasonably priced cheeseburger, and you get yourself the onion rings, you get yourself the lumpia, and you're going to be awfully happy as you head home with your burger tonight from Uncle Boy's. And then again, you really want to be happy, you wash it all down with some blackened baby, the best whiskey that you're going to find for the price point you're going to find it at. Get yourself into a bottle of Blackened. Get yourself into a Bevmo to definitely find your Blackened. Get yourself to the Plus Meetup at Victory Hall to try Blackened for the very first time. If you haven't picked up a bottle yet, ask your liquor store to start carrying Blackened. If you're not shopping at a Bevmo, you will be happy that you did. Um, again, we're going to get into this gambling thumbnail that I lured you in with today in just a second. But back to what the Giants did at the deadline. Because I had a guy named Ron on Twitter basically, you know, try to call me out that I'm wrong about my premise. And he says, you know, Farhan drafted Bailey when A, Buster was still here and B, while Bart was the replacement in the wings. I bet you disagreed with wasting a number one on Bailey then. No, Ron, 
You are unqualified to presume you have any idea what I might have been thinking. I supported the drafting of Bailey, and I have never said once, trade that guy, not for a millisecond. He is the best rookie that the Giants have called up since Buster Posey. He's fantastic. And then Ron goes on to say, we could have traded Bailey at the deadline last season or the season before that to upgrade the roster, and Farhan didn't, as you and Larry Kruger and probably others complained. No, he didn't. No, he didn't, Ron from Twitter. Quit telling me about what you think you know about what I think when you can go back and see I've never thought those thoughts for a second. Never express them. And I'm, look, there are trades to be made around baseball without giving up your top prospects. And don't tell me it's not true because I see it all the time. The honest truth. The honest truth is that GMs are smarter than sports writers. Wraps up Ron as he tries to have a microphone drop to the end of his tweet or X, whatever we call them these days. Look, Ron, first of all, I'm not a sports writer. I'm smart enough to not be that. You want to talk about dying industries as bad as it is in radio. You want to be a sports writer these days? Good luck with that. But the truth is, and this is not an opinion. This is, this is a fact. Since June, since mid-June, the Giants are last in batting average, last in runs scored, last in on-base percentage. They're last in slugging percentage and dead last in weighted runs created. So don't tell me that as you are the National League wildcard leader, doing nothing to improve your team was the right thing to do. It wasn't the right thing to do. It was the cowardly thing to do. It was the least you could do. Actually, the least that Farhan could have done would have been nothing. He did worse than the least. He added the two worst hitters on the team. That's not really the direction most people go in at the trade deadline. Let's get worse. I think the argument that the Giants got worse at the trade deadline is more realistic than, well, the Giants didn't do anything and they're just standing pat. Standing pat would have meant not adding the worst hitter you got to the clubhouse. That's what A.J. Pollock is. That's what this Diaz guy that they sent Luciano down to call up is. It's what the guy who's the utility man, who is the 26th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th man on any team, he sucks. Okay? He's not a major leaguer, hardly. The Giants don't need another not a major leaguer, hardly, on their team. This is not outside-the-box thinking. And if your argument, Ron, on Twitter is that GMs know more than sports writers, again, which I'm not, well, then let's go to former general manager Jim Bowden, who was giving grades to everyone at the trade deadline. And Jim Bowden says, so the Giants acquired A.J. Pollock and Mark Mathias from the Mariners for a player to be named. They acquired minor league pitcher Marquise Johnson from the Red Sox for Mauricio Jovera. And they acquired outfielder Jack Larson from the Mariners for cash considerations. And we don't even know who Jack Larson is. Here are Jim Bowden's key takeaways. Again, not an opinionist. Not a content creator, not a broadcaster, not a sports writer, but a guy who was a general manager. So if you're saying only a general manager is capable of giving a speeding ticket to another general manager, which I don't agree with, 
I'm going to tell you the only thing Farhan has on me are very fancy degrees and a whole lot of information that if I had access to, who knows what decisions I'd be making if it were my call, okay? But he's got more information that seems to do more to paralyze moves than incentivize him to improve the major league roster as it stands. So here are Jim Bowden's key takeaways, Ron, from Twitter. Here you go. This was a bizarre trade deadline for the Giants. They did nothing to improve the team. The Mariners were about to release Pollock, who was hitting 173, and Matthias is nothing more than a 26th man type utility player on the roster for a team that's in the thick of a division and wildcard race. Standing Pat made no sense to me whatsoever. And it doesn't make any sense to me. And it doesn't make any sense to Larry Kruger. And I've heard, you know, Tim Kawakami try to justify it as being prudent at this time and not giving up a whole bunch of your top-tier talent for a trade that might not really improve you was the right thing to do. I'm not saying give up all your top-tier talent. That's putting words in my mouth. I never said give up the farm for someone who won't make a big impact. Never said that. Never said it once. Don't want to give up one of your top 10 prospects? Great. Let's talk about prospects 11 through 20. Don't want to give up 11 through 20? Great. Let's talk about a multitude of prospects sitting through 20 through 50 in your own system. There are ways to get deals done. And Farhan didn't get a deal done. You know who did? The Dodgers. They got several deals done. And they also... Wanted to get even more aggressive, but were shut down by a guy who said, no, I'm exercising my no-trade clause. But real quick, the Dodgers acquired Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly from the White Sox. They acquired Ahmed Rosario from the Guardians. They acquired or reacquired, I guess I should say, Kike Hernandez. They brought in Ryan Yarborough from the Royals, Ricky Vincenzo from the Rangers. They acquired Tyson Miller from the Brewers, Pat Velika from the Mariners, and they tried to trade for Detroit's Eduardo Rodriguez, but that fell apart when Rodriguez Rodriguez said, nope, I'm exercising my no trade and I don't want to be a Dodger. So that's what the Dodgers did. The Dodgers, who are in first place and better built than the Giants could ever pretend to be, did all that at the deadline to become even better. The Diamondbacks, who are, you know, you're playing right now, who are right behind you in the standings, they acquired Paul Sewell from the Mariners, one of the best closers in baseball, Tommy Pham from the Mets, Peter Strelzicki from the Brewers. They acquired Jace Peterson from the A's. They acquired Francisco Ortiz from the Rockies. The Padres, who were under 500 just a few days ago, the Padres were thinking it could be time to sell off guys because this isn't going according to plan. Well, then they get frisky against the Rangers. And so what do they do? They get frisky at the trade deadline. And they add Rich Hill and J-Man Choi from the Pirates. They added Scott Barlow from the Royals and Garrett Cooper and Sean Reynolds from the Marlins. They acquired Ben Gamble from the Rays. So, look, it's not my opinion. It's a fact the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, and the Padres all got better at the trade deadline and the argument that the Giants got worse by adding nothing but automatic, undesirable players, automatic outs to their lineup is what they did. So again, you know, if you, 
You feel it's real important to totally kowtow to Farhan and what he's done. You go right ahead and do that. I'm not one of them suck asses. I'm just not. And when I don't like something, I'm going to tell it to you. And if you don't like that, unfollow, unsubscribe to accuse me of having an opinion when that's what I do for a living is kind of ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. And what the Giants decided not to do, or actually, it's not even what the Giants decided not to do. It's what they decided to do. They decided at the trade deadline, let's get worse. Let's add automatic outs into a lineup that's been struggling since mid-June. That's what they did. And it's kind of curious because you know what? When the Giants... When the giant, where I wrote this down here, I want to make sure I got it right. I want to get it right. Want to get it right. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, I believe. Yeah. The, well, hold on. It was a note that Susan Slusser made about the uh, the the giants and where they are. Where did I put this? Where did I put this from Susan? I can't. But basically, the giants are like uh, the, the, when they score four runs, they win an awful lot. I think they're 50 and 13 when they score four or more runs is what Susan Slesser had. And I got to remember that because I can't see where I wrote it down in my notes. But come on. Come on. If scoring four runs puts you 50 up or 13 down, you, you, you should probably try to do that more often. I don't know if A.J. Pollock helps you score four runs. So that's how I feel, and I don't feel bad for feeling that way. And you know what? I'm right. I'm right. Farhan is really smart, but at the deadline, he's a coward. Ah, sip of the day. Why do athletes gamble away their careers? Why would you risk... All of the money that you could make as a professional athlete for the short-term gain of small-time gambling. I don't understand it. A story that is brewing out of Iowa. Iowa State quarterback, according to David Purdom of ESPN, Hunter Deckers. Again, this is a guy who was backing up Brock Purdy, what, a year ago? Two years ago? Hunter Deckers has been accused of betting on events involving the Cyclones, including a 2021 football game, and is among four current or former athletes, all at the university charged with tampering with records related to an ongoing investigation by the Iowa Criminal Division. Approximately 366 bets. Again, if you're saying there's 366 bets, it doesn't sound like an approximation. It sounds like an exact count, but okay. Approximately 366 bets totaling nearly $2,800 were placed on a DraftKings sportsbook account linked to Deckers, including um, 26 on Iowa State sporting events. The affidavit alleges that he bet on an Iowa State football game against Oklahoma State on October 23, 2021. Deckers did not play in that Big 12 contest, and the affidavit does not reveal on which team or what type of bet he made on the game. It does allege the affidavit that Deckers was under 21, which is the legal betting age in Iowa, so maybe that's why he's over there trying to tamper with records. Apparently, um, the bets were placed 
and disguised his identity with help from his own parents, Scott and Jamie Deckers. DraftKings did not respond to a request for a comment. Deckers, who's a junior, started all 12 games last season for the Cyclones and was their expected starter for this coming year. And I'm going to tell you right now, that kid should be thrown off the team. His scholarship totally stripped from him and maybe even expelled for playing fast and reckless with the reputation of the Iowa State Athletic Department. Now, maybe he wasn't going to become a pro, but you know what? One of his former teammates, who is, uh, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, but Enomia Wazerki, who has been uh, a draft pick of the Denver Broncos, well, what do you know? He apparently uh, has made over 800 bets online for more than $21,000 with wagers on Iowa State football games, and a fourth-round pick of the Broncos in 2022 was suspended indefinitely for violating the NFL's gambling policy. One of the first rules of gambling is never bet anything you can't afford to lose. What I don't understand is what is going through the mind of someone who is stepping into an NFL career, thinking, I'm going to keep making petty bets that could jeopardize my overall career earnings of my main career. You can afford to lose your main career? What are you doing? What are, I don't understand it. When you look at just the nickel and dime bets that are being made, well, one kid at Iowa State who was a wrestler, and let's face it, if you're a wrestler, you got no real, you know, there's no professional wrestling that's college wrestling, Greco-Roman wrestling. Um, a kid who was a Big 12 wrestling title holder last year is alleged to have placed more than a thousand bets worth more than $45,000. You know, it's one thing to be a dumb college kid, but there's not a single college kid who can claim, well, I didn't know, I didn't know that you couldn't bet or didn't, weren't supposed to. You can claim ignorance, but it's not going to help you. Because everyone knows if you are playing a sport, you shouldn't be gambling. We know that. We know it. We feel it. We see it. We know it. How, does, how do they not know it? Well, they do know it. They're choosing to ignore it. And they've been caught. I just can't understand why you would look at a professional career. In, in, in the case of this guy who plays for the Denver Broncos, why would you risk? Why would a couple of Indianapolis Colts? Why would an Atlanta Falcon? Why would you risk your main bread and butter paycheck for paltry gambling earnings? You know, it, it, to be, you know, what's the old saying? Penny wise, pound foolish to be foolish all the way around. I, what are you doing? Who's giving these kids advice? What group of morons are they collectively hanging out with on a daily basis who are encouraging them? Yeah, you know, even though you could have a possible NFL future, like the guy that you were backing up, it was Mr. Irrelevant. Now he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. But you, you should absolutely start gambling on the team that you play for and jeopardize any chance to be a pro one day. What are you doing? I don't get it. I, I, just, I don't get it. You can't explain it to me. 
Again, there's a lot of things I guess I don't get. The breathless, constant analysis of training camp quarterback throws. I don't get that either. But I at least know why journalists are doing it. They got a beast to feed. What do we got? A generation of kids who are now just addicted to gambling? I, I, what the hell's going on? Also saw that Apple TV might be the very best the Pac-12 can do. Pac-12 still looking for a media deal. They might go to streaming exclusively on Apple TV. And look, even if the money is right, even if the money is right, the last thing the Pac-12 needs is a hard-to-find media location. And let's be completely honest. If we're talking about all the streaming services that are out there, if you're not talking about Ted Lasso, how often are you talking about Apple? Not very. I, 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 we might be subscribing to Apple TV. I think we, we might have signed up for the, the, the free trial to watch Ted Lasso the first couple seasons, and I think then we then canceled it. Like, I, I, I don't have Apple TV. I'm not saying that Apple TV is bad, but I am saying that as we talk about all the streaming services, it feels like that's among the least discussed, with the exception of talking about Messi coming to the MLS. That brought Apple TV kind of back onto the spotlight. But, you know, Amazon was maybe going to bid for the Pac-12. That was before... Colorado and other schools started lining up to possibly leave. Colorado definitely leaving. I mean, we could see Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, all follow them out the door and join the Big 12. Um, the details of Apple's reported to proposal to acquire the Pac-12 uh, rights remains uncertain, including the length and the value of the proposed deal. Good luck, Pac-12. You need an awful lot of it these days. You seriously need an awful lot of it. So tomorrow, a special day in the Bruce household. Jack turns four. The Duchess is arriving around midnight tonight. She's flying in for the boy's birthday. She's going to be hanging out with us the rest of the month. The Duchess will be at uh, Plus Mania on Saturday at Victory Hall on Rich Street. We hope to see you starting around 3 o'clock. I know we got first pitch between the Giants and the A's at the Coliseum around 4-ish, so we're going to be hanging out watching baseball at a great bar in San Francisco. Uh, hope to see you there. The Ocho is happening tomorrow. Can we be honest about the movie Dodgeball? The movie Dodgeball isn't nearly as good as everyone makes it out to be. Ben Stiller's really good in it, but it's it's a weak script. You got Vince Vaughn like mailing it in as hard as possible. Vince Vaughn isn't even trying to act like he cares about being in that movie while he's in the movie. There are funny moments, but they're 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 not great. Like Rip Torn, the whole dodgeball instructional video thing is funny. Like Hank Azaria is funny for a little bit, but it's it's little moments of funny wrapped up into a movie that I believe is overrated. The single greatest contribution of the movie Dodgeball is just the phrase the Ocho. The fictional ESPN network that was showing the dodgeball tournament, the Ocho. That's funny. After we called ESPN the deuce for all those years, the Ocho 
is funny. Well, the Ocho was such a, a funny kind of clever thing. It's actually taken hold. And what do you know? The Ocho returns to ESPN programming with left of center sports on full display. And listen to some of the options that begin tomorrow night. There is a Savannah Bananas game that apparently is going to be on uh, the Ocho masquerading on ESPN's cable uh, networks. Uh, we have the 2023 Table Hockey World Championship. We're going to have some slam ball. The Stern Heads Up Pinball Invitation, Invitational. Some pinball on TV. Okay. The 2020 USA Mullet Championship. If you're replaying the 2020 Mullet Championship, that must have been a hell of a year for mullets. There's going to be a uh, disc golf pro championship, jellies, marbles runs, a foosball world cup, the 2023 Wisconsin, Wisconsin auctioneers championship. We're going to have people like trying to out auction each other. Is that what's going on there? The Microsoft Excel world championship. How fast can you put together a spreadsheet? I think I'll be skipping that one. Extreme axe and knife games. Now you have my full attention. Throwing axes and knives around, I'm in. I will watch that. The NWLA Wiffleball All-Stars. Got some airbender pitches being thrown by a wiffle ball. Uh, 2023 Slippery Stairs competition. Now that's good fun. Watching greased up collegians trying to climb rubber stairs. Great entertainment. There's going to be a pillow fighting championship. There's going to be a mask Kutstraman Stein holding competition. Like sign up the St. Pauli's girl right now. She, no one carries more Steins than the St. Pauli's girl, right? We got Corgi races. We got world dog surfing championships. There will be a dodgeball all-star showcase. Uh, we will have the Franklin Rock River Stone Skipping Competition. That's at 5 a.m. But let's be honest. If you're waking up to watch women sucker at 5 a.m., the Stone Skipping Competition should rivet you as well. There's going to be the 2020 Tetris uh, Championships. I mean, Tetris, baby. The Golden Tea World Championships, the World Sign Spinning Championships. It's pretty good stuff right there. Pretty good stuff right there. And then something called the Ultimate Ninja World Finals will be happening. I don't even know what that is. But you put the word ninja in there, I, I, I feel pretty good about it. You're not going to believe what I have to get up and go do when this is done now. I have to go back to a Burlingame car dealership to get another tire patched. All four tires on Jillian's Kia, the family car, the Kia Sorento. Hashtag Kia life. Uh, we, we Kia mob, Kia mob assembled. Uh, every single one of the four, all four tires in the last month. I have hit because we got a couple construction sites around us. I've driven over nails. I've driven over screws and I'm puncturing a, a, a tire a week, basically. And so I have to get going to patch 
the fourth of four tires. It started with a slow leak in the driver's side front tire. Then it went to the passenger side front tire. And while they were checking that out, they said that the passenger side rear tire also had a puncture in it. So they fixed and patched that one. And I jokingly said, geez, if I, if I pop that last one in the back, I think I get a free Kia. You know, ha, 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 ha. Well, I'm going back. It's freaking happening again. So that's what I got to go do. So that means today's show, let's face it, and the dog days are here. We are waiting for football to start for real. What do we got, like 12 days now to where uh, looking, looking at preseason football? Uh, well, Thursday is the Hall of Fame game, but football's coming, which is good because I can't read many more training camp tweets. I really can't. Just can't. Um, so actual football to evaluate a little is invaluable as preseason football really is as well. I mean, if we all agree that preseason football games aren't that valuable, why are we breathlessly counting practice reps? I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I guess there is a beast to feed. I hate the beast. Sometimes I really hate the beast, even though I'm part of it, I guess. Uh, we want you to be part of the first Plus Mania coming up on Saturday. Again, I'm going to push out another Eventbrite sign-up sheet today across all social media platforms. Sign up if you haven't already so we can get kind of a head count of who's coming. We're at about 50, 60 people, I heard. So it should be a, a, a big meetup. Hopefully it will be. We're looking forward to it, and we're also looking forward to a little um, club Club Plus, which is right around the corner here. If you're listening, though, on the podcast, it continues to grow. It continues to thrive. Thank you so much for doing so. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.